0: Nobody else can see this, but you can, Travis. Yeah,
1: what is I that, drink... 20 ounces, 24 oh, ounces, something. It's
0: pretty big. So I fill that up before I go to bed and put it next to my bed, and I don't get out of bed until I drink the whole thing. So and I that's just kind of water,
1: up. not of alcohol, folks. Yeah. That's of water.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, just my morning schnapps, no big deal. This is the final for
1: The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 239. With an average height of 6 feet even for males and 5 feet 7 inches for females, the Dutch are the tallest people in the world. I guess I didn't eat enough bacon as a child. One of the little things I try to do while traveling, a quick, healthy travel tip is to always try to take the stairs as opposed to taking elevator or an escalator when I'm out traveling. Now, sometimes it's in airports or malls or wherever I am. And that's one of the reasons that I love traveling with a backpack as opposed to rolling luggage, whether you're taking the stairs by choice to stay healthy or whether that's the only option. It's such a pain when you have rolling luggage, you have to put down the handle and pick up the suitcase and it's heavy and things like that. So I absolutely love traveling with a travel backpack. And if you're looking for the best travel backpack out there, the one that I have taken to over 30 countries, numerous states, I highly recommend you check out Tortuga Backpacks.com. It's the largest carry-on size backpack that you can get. Check out tortugabackpacks.com. And don't forget to use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that will get you 10% off your entire order. One, two,
0: three. I'll show you Paris.
1: Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today are two people who have just returned from a pretty epic travel schedule and who hate diets, Mike and Susie from The Mike and Susie Show and MikeandSusie.com. So Mike and Susie, thanks for joining <laughs> me today and Welcome.
0: I don't think anybody's gonna forget our names out after
2: that. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks for having us. We're happy to be here.
1: Yeah, and do you like how I slid that intro in there without mentioning your last name? Little trick of the trade, right? <laughs> if I don't know how to pronounce it, I'll just keep saying your first name over and over. So why don't you guys pronounce it for us? You're the experts, after all.
0: Sure. We are mentioning Susie Marshhausen. Um, he's Marshhausen by blood and Marshhausen by marriage. <laughs> and yeah, that's
2: But you don't have to remember that. Yeah,
0: it's not important. <laughs>
1: Again, Mike and Susie. It's burned in your brain now. And uh, today we're going to talk all about health, wellness, fitness, both while traveling, while being at home. And Mike and Susie are going to be giving us some awesome, like real actionable advice for how to exercise, eat well, all of that while traveling. But first, you know, this is a travel podcast. We love talking about travel. And you recently turned from a pretty long, I guess it's not like a... Trip. I mean, you were living abroad, and uh, can you give us a quick rundown of, of that and where you were, how long you were there, plus what you're doing now because you have returned stateside.
2: Yeah, and of course, you being uh, the travel expert that you are, you you understand that because people ask, "Oh, traveling this and that." It's like, well, traveling or living somewhere else, <laughs> uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but um, so definitely, it's uh, it started off with a honeymoon, uh, a week in Bali. As the honeymoon, but then we stayed 30 days in Bali and then we went to Thailand. So the initial plan was to travel Southeast Asia for about nine months, do a month in different places and this and that. And then it just, we're like, oh, we like it here in Thailand, in Chiang Mai. And then we stayed there for like five months. <laughs> uh, and then, so there for five months and then Portugal, uh, Lisbon, Portugal for two months and then three weeks in Croatia. Uh, a week in Spain. And there, were, there was a little travel in between there to a couple other countries like London and Malaysia and things like that. But that's like the most um, the most of it. And now we're we're currently in Boston. And we'll be here for this month. And then we'll be in the woods in Maine next month. And then we'll be back in Boston for a little bit until the next trip, probably Hawaii and South America. <laughs> that's quick travel rundown.
1: That is awesome. So, so this first major trip, the honeymoon that stretched now into the extended, it was about a year, all told, or a little less than a year, I guess? Nine, nine months. Nine months, nine months yeah. total, which is awesome. And I do love <laughs> that because, I, yeah, you never want to call it. It's, it's a trip, but it's really more than a trip because it's basically your lifestyle, um, for those I mentioned. Obviously, with you guys now, you're planning to go to Hawaii and then go to South America. It is. It's, I guess there's no normal, right, in this <laughs> world.
2: Yeah, it's hard to explain that to people and they don't get it. So we just like go along with it. Oh, our travel was great. That trip. It's like that trip. It's like, well, I wouldn't say it's like a trip like that. I was just <laughs> living in all these different places. <laughs> right, right.
1: Which is so awesome. So for for both of you then, because what you do, it's it's the health and the wellness. We said diets suck and I love that. That's all over your website. It's kind of the mantra. How did the desire to become, I, I don't know if you, ter- uh, use the term health coaches, but how did the desire to make this, not just your own lifestyle, but then make it a lifestyle that you're teaching other people how to do that, where did that come about? Was it always something you were passionate about or was there kind of an aha moment of like, no, this is what we're going to do moving forward?
0: Yeah. um, So we both got really into health and fitness and nutrition and all these things in college when we first met each other. uh, We kind of grew together and did a lot of self-experimentation. Um, but for me as a woman specifically, um, I struggled with dieting mindset and dieting in all these different ways that were really not sustainable. And, um, Mike had his own struggles with his health and kind of going on and off the wagon. And we, you know, after working with people and realizing that this just wasn't the way to go about it, especially if you want to have this really flexible lifestyle like we're leading. Uh, you have to have a more foundational uh, value system around health to truly live healthfully and also be able to enjoy yourself at the same time. So that's kind of where we turned it into the, you know, the diet free uh, approach to health and fitness and all that. And then it's just really great to be able to teach people that so that they can utilize that for their own, um, their own life and lifestyle.
2: Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, it wasn't like, a, oh, we want to go travel. Oh, I want to work online. What should I do? Oh, I'll be a health coach. Yeah. It's like, no, like, I, I studied nutrition in undergrad. Uh, you yeah, know, we were, we were pursuing our master's in clinical nutrition. I was working as a personal trainer. This was the career. No matter what our lifestyle looked like, this is, would be what we were doing. So yeah, I thought I'd throw that out there, and then and yeah, we both had our own struggles and stories. Mine, you know, uh, really bad brain fog, lethargy, and just like uh, you know, super like bloated and puffy, tired all the time. Just felt really dumb and stuff like that until I really addressed my nutrition uh, and my health in general. Did things like drastically, drastically change for me, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I was living my whole life going through like that. You know, functioning at fifty percent capacity. Um, So like I really want to help others, you know, not have to suffer the way I was.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because so many people don't even realize it, right? And and you may not have realized it was happening to you, and I don't. You know, it's it's like this until you see the other side, you kind of don't know it's there because. And and we could talk about that with the travel lifestyle as well. You know, like you said, Mike, it was always going to be a part of your life. You're always going to be doing something with with health and fitness but then you said well there is a way that we could put this other passion of ours into it which is travel and make it work and and when people see that light it's just it's just crazy because you don't realize it's there until you actually start doing it or see someone else doing it who motivates you enough to say oh yeah it can happen
0: yeah i think that's that's super important to note too is that a lot of times people see us doing this or they probably see you doing it and they're like, "Oh, you're so lucky," or "I could never do that," or "Oh, I wish I could do that." And I think that it's 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 kind of it's the same thing with health too, where people are like, "Oh, I wish I had your willpower," or "I wish I had the motivation to go to the gym." And it's like, "No, it's not like a wish or being lucky. I wasn't like graced with this these amazing genes that just make me want to wake up in the morning and do burpees." Like, "No, you just you start doing it. Well, jump. We still don't do that. Yeah, we, I know. We don't do that. But, you know, you don't, you don't have to wish for it. Just start small. Start doing it. And then you realize it's that thing where you, like, you see how amazing you can feel. You see how amazing travel can be. And you say, oh, well, that's who, that's how I am now. And it's not like you don't have to be, oh, something special to make it happen.
1: Yeah. And, and that's what I love about what you guys do on your site and through your show. It is, it's the whole idea and, and why I love the people who come on. It's it's this idea of pulling the curtain off it and saying, we're normal people. I mean, maybe not normal. Normal might not be the right word, but regular. Like it, it's, it's there's nothing special, inherently special about why I'm doing this or why someone else can't do it. And, and here's why. And, and breaking it down systematically and saying, here's what I've done that, that's allowed it to happen. And one of the core tenets, as we've talked about with you guys, is that diets are basically bullshit. And I know that's music to a lot of people's ears. They're like, oh great! Like this means I can do whatever I want. Well, like, like hold up, hold up. Um, <laughs> I think it is important to to get through that. Like, let's explain what that means a lot because diet free. I think people might take, and I'm sure you get it all the time people come and say like, oh cool, I can look like Susie and Mike. They just look like they walked off like American Ninja Warrior or American Guy, <laughs> and they don't have to. They can eat whatever they want. Well, maybe not. So let's explain that a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we come to the realization that, you know, diet and, like, well, this health stuff in general is, is the mindset. It's the mindset behind it. A lot of people talk about how you know, fat loss, 80% nutrition, 20% exercise. Um, yeah, that, maybe that's true, but that's within the scope of, you know, the, the bigger picture, which is like, you know, 80% mindset, 20% strategy, uh, and then it would fall into the 20% strategy. So it's like the, the roadblocks and the, the mental barriers that were keeping people back in diet mentality. It's like ninety-five percent of diets. Like that's the, the well-known used statistic out there. It's like ninety-five percent of diets fail. So why is everyone's associ- association with health, weight loss, fat loss, dieting? It's like right, that, something that, that really always
1: sense. something that always fails. Why? Are, yeah, <laughs> okay. So you flipped it on its head a little bit then. So.
2: Yeah, we like thinking is like this. This makes no sense. Like so, us, I mean, we want long term sustainable results that you keep. So dieting is the deliberate rest- or diet is the deliberate restriction of food or food groups in order to lose weight. You know, it's like if you Google what a diet is, it's what it says. So I was like, okay, well, what if you don't restrict any foods? <laughs> okay, <laughs> you, know? you know, what if your only goal isn't to lose weight? It's like, okay, so now, we're, now we're thinking, now we're like getting the gear spinning a little bit. So we really come at it from the mindset. It's like, you, yeah, I'm not going to tell you you can't eat anything. Uh, I will never tell you, you know, you have to restrict that, but you still have to change things. <laughs> you, know, you, you can't just eat a bunch of garbage. It's like there still is something to change, but you don't have to do it by restriction and by you know, pain and guilt and punishment and, you know, all or nothing, you know, and all these different mindsets that are tied around the like that diet mentality as a whole.
1: What are some of the things that you can do? Because if we're talking just about diets and traditional diets, like it's calorie counting or it's points or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it, like you said, even the ones that don't restrict foods, like, yeah, you can eat what you want, but you have to count your points for this and blah, blah, blah. What is like, is there a system that you use, or is there something that you do that's easy for other people to implement so so they can start? And I know they can find out a ton of more information on your site, but like, what's the base level? Like you said, the foundational level of, all right, I'm not going to go on my Weight Watchers diet or whatever it is, but I have to follow some sort of system, Mm -hmm. right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, we could go through our entire. Uh, process here but some of the biggest things are first awareness just kind of building a better sense of self-awareness around why you're eating certain things what you're eating most people you could ask them what did you have to eat yesterday and they would have no idea and or why they ate it you know like why are you eating that pretzel and whatever like it's and then they can say, yeah, you're right. I, I have no idea it smelled good, I guess. like, right. so Or I saw you know it
1: and I ate it, which yeah. is what yeah, I always yeah. say. Like, <laughs> I won't eat if I don't ever see anything. Too bad. It's like I see it. I'm like, I
0: just start eating it. I don't even know why. <laughs> yeah. And that's another part yeah. is your environment. Um, so we have a lot of people look into their environment and see how they can sort of mindlessly eat better. But then also mindfully eating so that you can eat the f- foods that you enjoy but you're paying attention. You're not just you know sitting on the t- at the TV eating, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Like we love food probably more than anybody else in the world, but we love it enough to enjoy the eating experience and have zero guilt or um, any negative emotions around that because we respect food, we respect our bodies, and we want to really incorporate that. Um, and then another big part is just rather than restricting a lot of things start adding a lot of things in. So not necessarily what are the bad things that you are eating, but what are some of the great things that you're not eating that you can start incorporating more into your life so then it starts to sort of crowd things out and you start to meet your micronutrient needs, which we we have a whole podcast episode about that if you want to go listen to it, um, which we're super nerdy and passionate about that uh, because it's super important. But basically, you know, how can you get all these things into your life that are going to enhance your life and then you won't necessarily need uh, to rely on some of these uh, external pleasures that you think are making your life better, but very short term.
1: What are a few of those? If you, if you don't mind rattling off just a, s- a few things that you said, like what are some things when you look at someone's, what they're eating or you're working with his clients or, and you're looking at their patterns and you say, all right, well, here are some of the things that you should start implementing in, because that was a really provocative and and profound point of, yeah, like stop taking away, start adding, which will crowd it out on its own. like That'll happen organically. Are there a few foods or a few things that you see that most people are missing that then when you're like, hey, try these, people are like, whoa, Like that A tastes good, fills me up, whatever?
2: <laughs> yes, and it's the most obvious. Do you, do you know what I'm going to say?
1: I No, I don't know. That's why I'm very <laughs> excited to okay. find All right. out.
2: All right, get ready for this. Vegetables. <laughs> all right. Okay.
0: <laughs> your parents were right. <laughs> Eat your vegetables. <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah, in all seriousness, and they all when we have someone like go through and observe uh, all their eating patterns, it's it's the, the most common thing yet. It's the most simplest thing. Something that we constantly hear, and we you know, we'll review like see what someone eats in a day, and there's usually like two or less servings in there of vegetables. And I think the statistic for, you know, average Americans is are like seriously around there, like three or less servings of fruit or vegetables. Those are not the same things. Yeah. I don't know why they get categorized as the same <laughs> thing. They're not the same. Yeah. But, uh, but it's like, all right, it's eating really like around three servings of fruit and vegetables. Which is like an is
0: apple and a banana, probably. Right. Right. So Which is, is
1: probably like, yeah. three servings of fruit and zero vegetables, right? Cause yeah. You're like, oh, this is sweet. Pineapple like, is great. Ooh, pine-
2: <laughs> Pineapple, banana, and mangoes. It's like, all right, three sugary fruits. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, but that's a great place to start. But, uh, and also, yeah, and all seriousness is, 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 is vegetables. Hands down, that's what it comes no, down to vegetables. for most people because that adra- starts to really address the micronutrient issue, mm-hmm. uh, which she just mentioned in that podcast. And what I was talking about before, you know, when I felt like crap and I was at 50% capacity, you know, it's what happens when you're missing these micronutrients because there's, thousands and thousands of processes going on within your body constantly nonstop, 24-7 your body's so amazing but it needs these micronutrients it means vitamins uh, minerals and things like that and these enzymes for these processes to work and if you're not sufficient in any even like one of them then you're not functioning at 100 percent capacity uh, so how do you get more of those in you have to start eating more vegetables and you can do that in the most simplest way possible it depends on you it's like You know, start with like a handful of spinach in your smoothie, you know, start with uh, adding a salad for lunch, start with, um, and then like arranging your dinners to be based with like vegetables is the base. And that that's number one. There's some other things that I'd be glad to talk about, but number one is vegetables.
0: For women, especially, I notice that women tend to avoid fat at all costs and one women, for your hormones, you, like especially you need fat in your diet. Uh, and there's that, you know, that whole like 90s fat-free craze that women are still clinging on to. Um, and, you know, everything is, oh, it's fat-free, so it's not fattening, which... I, that's a whole nother um, subject. but there's a yeah, podcast women...
1: episode there. <laughs> fat- free yeah. doesn't mean it's not going to make you fat, oh, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. So I don't think people understand what the word fattening means, but um, yeah, women need fat for hormone production um, and all these other things and that's just a super lacking nutrient in women's diets, uh, probably a lot of men too. Uh, and so that's another thing is like start adding in more healthy fats, you know eat the yolk damn it. <laughs> like, stop getting egg whites. I hate that. But, um, you know, or avocado or just eat meat that has fat on it, you know? Um, so that's another thing that I would say. And it also, it's very satiating. So you're going to be less likely to eat a bunch of little like garby, empty calorie junk foods if you're getting uh, sufficient fat.
1: Yeah. And yeah. one of the things that I, it seems like a theme that was kind of going through that when you're saying, you know, when you're talking about adding stuff in and not taking stuff out and, and really enjoying the eating experience. And so when I lost like whatever it was, 60, 70 pounds, when I lost that weight, one of the big things, it, it was this whole program of behavior modification. I think that obviously is, is kind of what you guys are talking about. It gets lost. It's all about what you should, what you shouldn't eat. This is saying like, you no, know, why are you eating? What are you doing? And we, you know, again, we won't go into all that. But one of the things that I realized, and was one of the big tenants, and like you is, said, is actually realizing that you're eating, like make it a part of your day because A, you're going to enjoy it more. And it seems to me that a little bit of organization, not one of my strong points, but when it came to eating, I realized I had to do that really, really changes things because all of a sudden you're organizing your day, not around eating per se, like, oh, I can't wait to my next meal, but I'm going to enjoy it. And does that, is that something that you guys kind of adhere to as well of this idea of like, all right, if we're going to go and eat something quote unquote bad, which I guess we shouldn't be using that as podcast, but something that everyone else would see as bad or, or a meal that, um, you know, that you're really going to enjoy, you, you kind of plan it out and maybe even plan a few days in advance of like, yeah, we're going to go out and get this. Is that something that you do to, to, to plan out your meals a little more or is it, it kind of fly by the seat of your pants?
2: Yeah, that's something. So, well, kind of going back to one of the, the original questions, like what's something that I can, you know, like the immediate action things that you can do. We talked about adding things. I don't remember if Susie mentioned it, but it's next is like focusing on how to eat. So that's like one of the big things I do is focus on how to eat so you don't have to change all your food all at once, but eat it at a table, <laughs> eat it with a fork and knife, eat it slower, take more time, things like that. And that goes along with what you're saying and having these things. So are you are you talking about... Like cheat meals, like some well, people not, call it. Well, I
1: guess not cheat meals, but like you said, it kind of mm-hmm. all in this whole area of like eating at a table. And that was a good point. When when I was losing weight, they said, all right, you have to sit at your seat and eat. Mm-hmm. Every time you you have to sit in a specific spot, but it made you think about eating. Like you couldn't mindlessly eat because yeah. you actually had to walk to your seat and sit there. So it, it led me to be more organized in my eating. I'm wondering if you guys do that too. If you If you say, all right, we kind of know what we're going to eat for the week or if you do kind of go into the day and say, all right, we're going to because when I found when I've gone into a day and not know what I was going to eat, I can make some pretty bad choices because you always go for the easy options or typically you go mm-hmm. for the easier options than if it's planned out, I guess.
2: OK, I see the question. Now. I was thinking more of like uh, like a cheat meal type thing, which
1: we could talk about mean. them, too. Is there is there <laughs> such we're a talking, thing as a cheat well, meal?
0: We, yeah, we, but, we never cheat. But so. we don't. We,
2: yeah, I mean, you can't cheat there's nothing to because cheat on. there's nothing to cheat on. Right. So now, like, people can't back themselves into that corner and then, like, kind of ditch out, Be like, oh, I failed because I was supposed to eat that, but I wasn't, or, and, like, things like that, or even just, like, uh, and then in terms of that, you know, the allowed cheat meal, it's like, well, just, like, I never said you couldn't eat anything, so you're not cheating. And then that just comes with, like, uh, instead, own your decisions and enjoy it. Like, sit down, really enjoy it, and realize, uh, and that like, there's no good or bad food. It's like like, food isn't inherently good or bad, so it's like you're not being a bad person for eating this. It's like it just tastes good and you're enjoying it. Own that. But then uh, on top of like planning like the meals and organizing like that, that's not like at the forefront at a lot of like what we do. For some people, because it's very like individualized work we do, we might have them plan things or um, organize things. like. But uh, a lot of that for us is uh, is environment and going over that with people and just – more so focusing on that you have it in hand like on hand in the house and then also making sure that there aren't all these like snack foods and like stuff like that right uh, all these snack foods and things like that in the house so mm-hmm. it's like even if you wanted to go eat all this stuff you know this oh whatever it's like it's not really there you would have to like go out to the store and get it or out to a restaurant and get it which is fine but it's a you know do we kind of focus on it in that angle what do you think
0: yeah. Um, and I think there's like an extra step we can take, which is finally getting to, I think, your question about when you go out to eat, you know, like, do you plan that? Do you know if you're going to have something like a treat or whatever you want to call it? Um, yeah, kind of. It's a very it's, it's usually just sort of like, okay, well, what am I feeling like? And we follow sort of simple food policies that we have put on ourselves based on enjoyment. So what are we going to enjoy the most that night? And then just have that. It's not like, oh, you know, I'm really like in for a like a nice beer. Uh, so I'm going to go out and have a beer and then nachos because they already ruined it by having a beer. So I should probably just get it all out tonight. It's like, no, I went out and I knew that I would like to enjoy a beer. So I'll have a beer and then I'll have like a salad. Or if I'm like, yeah, I really want just like a greasy burger and fries. I'll do the fries and maybe get the burger not on the bun. So it's like, Simple trade-offs based on what I know I'm going to enjoy the most that, at that time, rather than just kind of like, meh, well, I'm having fries, so fuck it, I'm just going to have like everything on <laughs> right. the menu. Just- and then
1: you just go, yeah, and that was, in essence, kind of the, the question or the point, and I think that you said it so well, is that, yeah, before you go, kind of think of what is it that you want, and enjoy that part of it, And because if you you know if you say I want a beer, I really want a beer, and you go out and you have like three beers and a burger and fries, you're probably not enjoying any of it because you're gonna feel disgusting. I mean, we've all been there, and and it is it's it's this appreciation. You're having much more of appreciation. It's not that you're saying you can't have the other stuff. It's that you're appreciating the thing you are having, and I think that that is a mindset shift that has to happen, and and you guys coach people how to help it happen, but it 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 almost has to be someone saying, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. You know, I'm going to give up something and change the way I am. And I think that for me, you know, the hardest part of staying healthy and fit when traveling, and and this gets in the traveling part, is staying consistent. Like like we said, there'll be good days and then it's like bad days and things like that. How have you guys been able to do it? Is it just saying like, I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to think about what I'm going to enjoy the most and then go get that, whether you're at home or whether you're on the road? Or is there something that you do different? And again, you were living abroad, but was there something you did different when you were abroad than when you were at home? Or is it just, it's all the same mindset?
0: Yeah, I think it really does all come down to just um, getting into that mindset of, first of all, you know, we like to talk about our values. Like if you're just trying to force eating healthy when being healthy isn't an internal value that you've adopted, like it's not going to last because you don't really care that much. Um, So for us, we've really looked deeper into our values why do we want to be healthy what is being healthy serving us how are we able to provide more value to the people around us by being healthy so that's something that we usually you know have a lot of people work on it's just like well why do you really want this you know uh, and what's going to keep you going but uh, at the same time like we're super flexible um, there will be weeks where we we work out like once but we've been walking a lot or we go to the gym five times and we don't walk a lot or we eat kind of crap. You know, we were at weddings the past, you know, we've been going to weddings and bachelorette parties and bachelor parties the past like four weekends in a row. And obviously, you know, we're going to be eating a little differently than we normally would. But at no point are we like, oh, well, I've ruined everything. So whatever. It's like we just come back really well to our normal routine that we know feels good for us. And I think that that takes a lot of sort of uh, experimenting to find what feels good for you what works um, and then knowing that it's not there's no end point there's no I'm not I'm gonna do this until this point it's I'm gonna do this as often as I possibly can and if I have a few days where it doesn't work out then I don't feel guilty about it I don't feel bad I just go right into it the next day
1: with that's a the routine I think that is a a very big component to staying fit that is very hard for a lot of people because it's you need that self motivation as, as you talked about, and even if you have it, you fall off sometimes, or, or you know you get out of the routine. And a lot of people punish themselves for then getting out, and then it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy, and boom, you start spiraling down, and then you know all hope is lost. Apparently, <laughs> when it's not really because you could just get back on and do it again. How are you able to keep routines? when traveling like what is there specific things that you do or that you see other people do that you've implemented in your life because that's very difficult i know for myself and i think for a lot of travelers as well whether you travel like because if you're traveling one week out of the year probably not as important <laughs> right you, you go you eat go whatever you want yeah go hog wild come back and you can get back in your routine you can go to your gym you know five thirty in the morning whatever it is you go to your gym but if you're someone who's building a life that's a bit more flexible in where you're traveling to, you know, you're not always at home, there might not even be a home, things like that. I found that very difficult to to have a routine and to be able to stay consistent. Is there stuff that you guys do when you get to a place or in a place that makes that routine kind of solidifies that routine?
2: Yeah, I'll touch on this, and because it kind of touches on the last question a little bit. I uh, over we're talking about like now bringing this towards travel specifically and like yeah, there are a lot more of the trade-offs and things like that, like, while well, we're, while we're traveling, so, like, you know, oh, like, I'm gonna have this gelato, so I'm not gonna have, you know, all this rice at, like, these meals and things like that, and the, like, little trade-offs, but um, uh, for, for that and for this, it's having a positive association with, like, uh what you're eating and what you're doing. So, for the foods that we want, you know, it's not, like, oh, I feel like I should go out and, you know, order this instead of that or this, that kind of thing. It's like, no, I genuinely really like I would go out of my way to get Mm -hmm. the, you know, the quote unquote healthier option because I that makes me feel so much better because I have made the connection that when I have this, everything else in my life is better. (laughs) You know, I'm less irritable. (laughs) My travel experiences are more fun. I'm more productive in my work. I can actually manage. I can do this lifestyle on the long term. Uh, but that's only going to happen when when I stay healthy so like I genuinely want to make the, you know, the more nutritious choices and then that ties to the routines as well cuz like I I kind of talked about this in a post one time all these different countries where we were our routines were drastically different what we ate like uh, the macronutrient com, you know components of our food they were all very different but it all came down into like you know if, I want to do this because if I don't do this, my day is going to be crap. I'm not going to get stuff done. I'm not going to make money. I'm not going to enjoy this. Thing. I'm not going to be that fun to be around. I'm not going to have as much fun. So we're particular with you know like morning routines and things like that, uh, and it changes. All the time, like yeah. wherever we go, but like, there's the core concepts are always there it 's like i'm always going to do something in the morning i 'm always going to do some type of meditation practice, some type of you know maybe like journaling or having some quiet time to just read and then so it may not be it 's like oh you know i 'm supposed to do you know, 15 minutes of meditation, but then you don 't do that, but if you do something else similar or like if you do it later in the day and things like that. Uh, I think I'm answering, it, it answering the question. Well, it
1: keeps you, gra- yeah, like it keeps you ground, right? Because I'm not a good morning. Like, if people ask me what's your morning routine, it's like, don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> listen to Mike and Susie. And I actually saw that uh, Susie that that you posted the other day about a morning routine. You guys are doing like a morning routine challenge and things like that. So, what are and and Mike kind of touches? What are some of the things that you do? as you mentioned, not every day, not all the time, you're not 100% perfect, but what are the, some of the things that you do or that you would recommend people could do if they're like, yeah, I want to have a morning routine too. So it doesn't matter where I am, what time zone I am, what, I'm, you know, what part of the world I'm in, but I can still do these really easy, simple things. Um, and I don't need any of these external factors. Like I can mm-hmm. just do them wherever I am.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you just mentioned the kind of uh, morning routine Kickstarter thing that we're doing that starts Well, for whenever somebody's listening, it literally starts in like a few days. But if somebody is listening and this is aired, you can always just go join. We have a free Facebook community. It's Mike and Susie's diet-free community. And even if you aren't in there in time for the actual thing, there's going to be all the posts for what to do. Um, And how we're going to work is every day we're going to do a different kind of aspect of what could be part of your morning routine. So you try everything out. And then you mix and match and make your own that feels good for you so for us i or for me at least i wake up i drink i don't get out of bed until i've finished like here i'll show you nobody else can see this but you can Travis. it yeah what is that 20
1: ounces 24 ounces something
0: pretty big so i fill that up before i go to bed and put it next to my bed and i don't get out of bed until i drink the whole thing so that's of water
1: not of alcohol folks that's of water
0: (laughs) you know just my morning schnapps no big deal Um, So no, so I drink some water. uh, I meditate. Um, He's been way better about, you know, keeping a very consistent meditation practice, whereas I kind of dip in and out, but I always enjoy it. And I'm working on continuing to strengthen that. Um, And then typically uh, we'll kind of have some coffee and do some nonfiction reading, any personal development, anything like that, that we want to read. And sometimes either a workout or we'll do journaling or whatever and this is all before we go on our phone or turn the news on which we don't watch the news anyway and we highly recommend nobody does but um you know before we get into all the rush and chaos of the day it's a really good way to start the day out and then it makes you really intentional kind of about the rest of your day uh, because you can incorporate planning into that morning routine so that you know what you're doing for the day
1: yeah I think that's great advice, and none of those things that you mentioned are like like we said, do you need anyone else or anything else? I mean other than maybe a journal you need something to write on, but really, you can wake up, you drink your water that can happen in any country in the world, right um, you can meditate that can happen anywhere in the world, you can plan your day, you can you know like you said, you can sit there with coffee or whatever, and really be intentional about it and I think that Uh, again, do as I say, not as I do, not good at it. But when I do it, and one of the things that I always do, and and I've mentioned before too, for planning is always write out what I want to do the next day, the night before, so that you're not waking up and like, oh, what should I do? And then your mind starts racing. It's like, no, you just look at this. You're like, yo, when your mind was clear, you wrote it. And whether that's in the morning of that day or the night before, then you're not worried about it, right? It's a, it's a huge, it's, it's weird, but it's like, it just lifts a whole like cloud off your head. Um, so yeah, yeah I find I mean, it really
0: I find it really grounding for when you're in new places too um, it helps you feel adapted a lot quicker when you have this routine that no matter where you are you're doing it in the mornings and it really grounds you to all I think that helps us feel really at home no matter where we are uh, and that's something that's important for us when we travel is we want to feel at home
1: yeah because stuff can get chaotic very very quickly and you can get not kind of loss, it will help with homesickness or any of those types of feelings. And I mean, if you wake up right away and you hop on your phone, you're looking at Facebook, and you're in a different time zone, everyone's posting all this stuff, you know, then it could, it could quote unquote spoil your day. Cause instead of you just being like, yeah, I'm here, you're like, Oh, I'm missing this or doing that. And I think that that's a really good point that it yeah, a lot of times we kind of gloss over that with the travel aspect of, oh, yeah, travel's great and you're out and doing it. But you forget, like, there are times where you emotionally feel like, oh, man, I'm missing out on stuff at home or I'm not around these people that I love and, and all this. And um, that's one way to kind of bring it back to, hey, here's why I'm traveling and here's what I'm going to do and here's how I'm going to intentionally do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, like
2: that, that intention thing and like what you talked about with like, you know, not having like, to think of all this stuff. That's saving you on you know making decisions like decision fatigue, right? So people can just get overwhelmed and I say, "Ah, screw it," and they'll just eat whatever because they just you know they've used so much mental energy for everything else that when it comes to the food, they don't want to have to think or anything like that. So that's just even an, another way to start like cutting back on that. Uh, as you like all of these other things like meditation and stuff like that, you know that helps build awareness. You know it increases the gap between stimulus and response, so you have that space right there, and that's where you can make intentional decisions and start living more uh, proactively and intentionally instead of reactively into just going um, towards anything like that so that's another reason why meditation is super important for for yeah for nutrition as well and
1: uh, that was a really good point too with the the decision fatigue and I found this with eating as well and and even exercising sometimes is I like I have go to meals, like stuff that I know or or I'll batch my cooking if I'm at home. And you know, if you're living somewhere like in Thailand, you can get anything fresh wherever you want. So it's not as big a deal, but and we'll talk about a few of the places I can't wait to touch on. A few of the places and like eating in certain areas. But I'll make stuff, and then I don't have to think about it. If I wake up in the morning, I'm like, dude, I don't want to think about making anything. I don't want to think about what to eat. I have a few go-to meals that I go, and it's like, hey, this isn't going to be the best thing I ever ate, but I don't have to worry about it. I have too much other stuff going on, and I'm not grabbing junk. Do you guys have any of those like go-tos? Do you have a certain kind of go-to foods or go-to things?
0: That's oh. so funny that you brought, brought that up, too, because when he said decision fatigue, there's this funny story about when we were in Portugal, and... For us, we are like the opposite of decision fatigue, you know, the typical, that story where, oh, there's too many things to decide from, I don't know what to do, so they just go for like the easiest, chunkiest version. We're like the exact opposite where we'll be like, oh, like, I don't feel like making decisions. Let's just like, or we'll just like oh, skip okay. dinner and just like, be like, we'll just eat more tomorrow or whatever. Like super flexible. <laughs> like, see, like, sardines. <laughs> in, in Portugal, we were like, there were so many restaurants and there it was late and we were like, ah, oh, I don't want to pick a restaurant. I don't know what to do. And the only thing we had at the actual apartment were sardines and this like weird seed bread. <laughs> That, like, neither one of us really thought was, like, good tasting. And so we just went home and literally just put, like, sardines on this, like, weird toast and called it a day. And, like, there were so many different options in restaurants that we were – but we just didn't want to make a choice. So, Uh, like, uh, we went for, like, a really healthy option. And obviously we weren't like, this is the best meal ever. But, you know, like, in the scope of my entire lifetime – Who cares if some of my meals are boring or aren't, you know, the tastiest thing I've ever had. Like, I'll have a chance tomorrow to eat something flavorful. We didn't have
2: any snacks on hand. So, even if we did, like, want something to snack on, we would only get enough food for one or two days. So, like, the only thing in the cabinets would be lying around would be oranges or, like, sardines.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's a really... An important thing that people can do, a really easy thing to implement, whether you're at home or on the road or whatever, is if you don't have stuff laying lying around and it's common sense, but if you don't have stuff lying around and I had a buddy who used to say, yeah, anytime I wanted to get ice cream or any type of snack, I'd have to, and he lived, I think in downtown London, right? He's like, but I'd have to leave my apartment, mm-hmm. walk out the door and go get something. And he was yeah. like, so if I really wanted it, I would do it. He said, and, and that was his thing. He's like, I don't count calories. I don't do anything like that. I used to snack all the time. And he lost a bunch of weight. He's like, oh, that's literally the one, the biggest thing I changed was I didn't have it here, and I'd have to leave my apartment. And so when I did, cool, I got to eat it and I enjoyed it. And when I didn't want to leave my apartment, I didn't eat it. And who cares, right? And I was like, whoa, one thing, and it changed his whole outlook. So yeah, oh yeah, your
0: your environment's huge, and when you like don't keep those things in the house, it forces intentionality in your food choices. Because like you said, if he really wants it, which maybe he does want some Ben and Jerry's or something, like he has to intentionally make that choice, go out, get it, and then be like, cool, now I have it. Whereas if you just have it in the freezer, it's really easy to unintentionally be like, eh, whatever, and just start eating from it. Um, so that's huge, huge, huge. Yeah. Is I, your think
2: a, I think a lot of people have kind of like an 80-20 rule like that within their nutrition. Or, and like that's another thing to, like, to this diet thing that we talk about. It's like dieting is, is typically flip everything in your life upside down all at once. And it's like, well, in reality, you know, you wouldn't do that to your car. If your check engine light was on, you would figure out what's wrong and then address only that. So for like your friend, if you were to like have it like d- dive in there, be like, oh, well, what's the biggest thing? Like, what's that's the biggest problem here? Oh, it's that. Just fix that. And then, oh, you're good. You don't have to do everything else. But to answer your question, <laughs> uh the go-to meals. We eat similar, like, almost the same thing every day if we're in a routine. So we do have, like, a lot of go-to meals for dinner. It's definitely roasted vegetables and burger patties. It's
0: tastes just, like candy. So
2: good. Oh, <laughs> just any bunch of roasted vegetables cut up with olive oil and salt. That's all you need. So good. Nice.
0: <laughs> I literally get so excited about it every single night. Like, it's <laughs> it's kind of pathetic, but it, it tastes like candy pretty much.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> lunch go- Roasted veggies.
2: That's yeah, I just need.
0: cut up sweet like... Sweet potatoes, onions, yeah.
2: peppers... Broccoli is a must. Broccoli, cauliflower, anything you want. Uh, and then just put it in the oven, not a roast, and then yeah, you can make some type of protein to go with it. It's so easy and it's so good.
1: I, I love it too. And I eat sweet potatoes probably every day. Almost every day. Like Heather always yells at me, but I love them. Um, <laughs> what about... All right, so let's flip it because we did talk a lot about nutrition and eating, but exercise is a component. And I, you know, I adhere to the... Uh, fact that it's not near as big a component as you're eating. Obviously, you want to do both. But like you said, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just start exercising more and don't care about changing your eating. You're like, ah, it's probably not going to work because a decent amount of people exercise every day anyway, right? Like I exercise all the time, play sports. I was always fat, right? And it was like, <laughs> I can't really exercise anymore. I play sports every day. which was, It was until I changed my eating. Um, but obviously, it's a part of it. You know, lots of people, we talk about routine, get used to their exercise routine. You know, they go to the gym after work, they do this. But when you have this lifestyle, either when you're traveling, whether it's short term or long term, that is more flexible, is there stuff like, is there easy exercises that you guys do while traveling or, or again, go-to exercises that you do because you don't have a gym all the time and you don't have all your stuff and you don't have, you know, your elliptical machine in your house or your or your bi- road bikes so you can go out. Is there stuff that you do that can be done almost anywhere?
0: We do. So actually on our website, uh, we have, they're called fit on the fly workouts and you, it's just like quick, easy workouts that are very minimal on equipment and you can do those anywhere. Um, so those are some options that sometimes we'll just kind of like pick from, um, we also kind of created our, so if somebody wants this and they have a partner that they travel with, they can email us at info at Mike and com, and we'll send them this program and it's literally a partner workout, just body weight. And you use each other for resistance and assistance. So when we're traveling together, we can just go to a park or even in our hotel room or wherever, and we'll get a really great strength training workout in just simply by doing body weight movements and pushing on each other to give that resistance. If you don't have, you know, a barbell or dumbbells or whatever. Um, and that we relied on a lot when we were traveling um, and it was I mean, Mike's always like, Oh man, you know, my chest is more sore from that than do, from doing like heavy bench press, you know. Like it's it's a workout. And yeah. so it's super helpful for if you have somebody that you can do that with. And if not, there's
2: You can still do it alone.
0: Yeah, you could easily do it alone and just, you know, change the um the difficulty. Yeah, and it's basically just
2: that. like a variation of you know, push ups, pull ups, squats, um and things like that. And they you know, you can hit the whole body and you can get, you know, do some strength training. So, like that, looking for that minimal effective dose. So, we would do that a couple of times a week. And then maybe it's like some sprints another day or something like that. And then, like, that would be good. Yeah.
0: Lots of walking and hiking yeah. and exploring. Like, if you're traveling, get out there and explore on foot. Don't, you know, just take a taxi, walk, carry your giant backpack. If you're using a backpack, walk from like, Where you get dropped off to your apartment and like you get lost a bunch, you have to turn around and you're going to get a good workout just carrying that thing.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, when we travel, you know, if we are cognizant about what we're eating and we don't go crazy, we will usually maintain our fitness level without any exercise like that before doing any uh, you know, planned exercise just from walking and running bikes and swimming and surfing. You know, we don't really surf that much. I don't know why that came to mind. <laughs> but, you know, all any like all this kind of stuff, just basically being out and doing things. That's going to be usually enough to counteract anything that you're doing. And then you put on top of it some of the body weight stuff, which, yeah, you can do anywhere. And I know people have like hotel room workouts and all types of stuff. But, yeah, that that's awesome. We'll we'll have to link that up, the uh, body weight workout specific stuff um because i think that's really important and, and easy to do anywhere yeah. in the world yeah
2: it's yeah. great it's super easy just for you know like maintaining muscle mass and uh like still like getting stronger We're even like still trying to put on some muscle mass you know so you can like keep your metabolism up yeah. so that you, you can you know eat more great food <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right and that's what we all want to do is eat more great food i have two two questions here like um that I, that I'm really interested to kind of hear your thoughts on one, and I'll I'll, I'll put them out there, and you can answer them in whatever way you want. One is your thoughts on drinking, like obviously if people travel, may, not everyone, but maybe a lot of people drink more when they're traveling than when they're at their home. Um, thoughts on drinking and how to counteract that, or how to do it in a way that's I don't want to say responsible because that makes it sound like you're going to be driving, <laughs> but like that that isn't crushing your your health and your physical fitness and then I want to know about a food that you guys might specifically struggle with because you said there's no nothing off limits but something that if it was like in the house like you don't keep in the house because you're like if it was here
2: I would go for it type thing
0: mm-hmm. okay right. um you want to so, answer the alcohol and I'll answer the second one all right okay. I'll,
2: I'll get started on alcohol there's a few key pieces um first I'll start off with my thoughts specifically or my opinion and that is when you are healthy when you are a healthier human being that you can drink more alcohol and have it be like more beneficial or at least not harmful at all. Uh, so Mike said, will- Mike
1: says get ripped so you can get drunk. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> not not,
2: not physique wise necessarily, but like when you have, well one, yeah, I guess if you have like you know, more muscle mass, then you can get away with like maybe having more, but I'm talking about like, you know, your gut health and your things like that. And like, you know, so for me, myself, like in the past, like I talked about when I was still like all this brain fog and lethargy and stuff like that, alcohol would make me feel like crap. Uh, you know, I'd be have a lot of brain fog and lethargic the next day, and even right after. So like, I, um, it's it wasn't useful. But for most people, for and then for healthy people, I think yeah, there's it's beneficial. It depends on how much you have. But even like on the way um to Croatia, we were actually sitting next to this doctor who just was getting back from this Mediterranean Diet Summit, and he, his whole presentation was on red wine. And like how healthy it is and like beneficial for a number of different reasons. Like one being like a digestive aid and then, you know, all these antioxidants and then, um, you know, antimicrobial and all these kinds of things. And I'll talk about how beneficial it is to have that with dinner. And then, um.
0: So we got a real wine kick (laughs) when we got to go. Yeah,
2: let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And it depends on how much you're drinking, right? Are you having one, two, three? Are you having eight? Like these are very different things. So I guess I'm talking about like the one to three range, sure. <laughs> or you know one to two for women, or two. Dr- to
1: drinking four. <laughs> to enjoy it, but not to get drunk, or, or with that in mind, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, so I don't, I don't think it's you know it, it's harmful or anything to really worry about. And then to help maybe counteract the the, the problem might be is extra calories, and then. So for that, you know, if you're going to be having a few drinks in the evening, you know, I would do a trade-off, you know, a food policy that we were talking about earlier and not have any, like, starchy carbs with your dinner. So just have a, a non-starchy vegetable-based meal and maybe, like, a protein or something like that and then you can have your couple drinks and then you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. going over in calories or anything like that and, you know, it's going you know, to all like the other positive things that come from alcohol that yeah, you're all getting and as long as you Kind of accept that and don't think that you're doing something negative and you're relaxing it and you're enjoying it and you're in a positive environment. I think the state that you in which you drink it in uh, affects how it affects you. So yeah. if you're doing it that way, yeah, I think I, I think it's great.
0: Yeah, And that all comes back to the intentionality. Like, are you drinking? Why, why are you drinking? Are you drinking to go get your face because you aren't comfortable with yourself out in public with a bunch of people, or are you drinking because you enjoy the taste of a nice fine wine? You know. So again. It's the same with food. Like, why are you drinking? And what about it that do you enjoy? Yeah. And focusing in on that. And, like if
2: you're overweight, if you have a gluten sensitivity, and like all these different things, and you're drinking, you know, five beers, you know, I can't get that. I wouldn't recommend that at all. <laughs> right. Right.
0: Um, so as far as the what are foods that we can't keep in the house? Yeah.
1: Like, what are you? <laughs> what, what is your? I almost say guilty pleasure because again, <laughs> yeah, anyone we you can eat whatever you or not whatever you want, but you can eat. Certain foods, you just have to have those trails and stuff. But yeah, what is a kryptonite? Or what is something that's like, oh, man, I just love this?
0: Um, I love way too many foods to pick one. <laughs> but I, I'll tell kind of like a quick transformational story. So initially, my kryptonite, I literally was like, had this terrible relationship with it because I couldn't stop eating it. And there was like a lot of psychological and physical things going on behind that. But it was peanut butter, or any nut butter, like... I could not just have like a little bit. I would literally just like, and I used to like, and I talk about it um, on the site and on my own personal Facebook and everything about like I actual like binge eating episodes with nut butters, uh, which had a lot to do with this really negative relationship that I, I had with food and with my body and I'm with exercise. Too. And I was malnourished because I was starving myself, all these things. And so that was a very negative cycle that I literally couldn't have it in the house. And now, because I've worked so much on my own relationship with food and everything, like there, you you could put any food in my fridge, in my freezer, in my cabinet, and I would be okay with it and I'd eat it, but very, quote unquote, responsibly and intentionally. And so that's something that I've worked a lot on and that I work with a lot of women on because. That's a really common issue is I really can't have it in the house because I'll eat the whole thing. And it's like, that's not the food problem. And it's not a matter of really loving the food. It's a matter of something else going on that's causing you to have that lack of control.
1: Yeah, no, that I mean, that makes so much sense because it it is. Yeah, it isn't the food. I mean, nothing tastes that good that you can't stop eating it. It's that you don't want to. And there's thousands of reasons behind that. And, you know, like Mike said, you don't dive in and change everything with a car, right? You find out the one reason or two or three, and then and work from that. Yeah. What
2: so for now? any,
0: yeah. So for anybody, well, that's what I was saying is now there's no food that I couldn't. Uh, you
2: still got that sweet tooth there. sometimes. I love, I have nice. Yeah, this is why it's great uh, to have both people on. We okay. walk by those gelato stands. <laughs> right, come on, tell the truth. No.
0: <laughs> I did get really into gelato when we were in Europe. But
1: um, <laughs> me too. Me too. And,
0: And that's the thing is like, but I was, I had such a different um, mental process when it came to choosing to eat it. It wasn't like, oh, no, I shouldn't. Oh, but I really want it. Oh, but I'll hate myself when I do or whatever. It's like, yeah, I really want a gelato. And if I decide to have some, I'll probably uh, eat like a few less, whatever, like servings of rice over the week or whatever. Like it's not a big deal. You can be really rational about it.
1: I, I, same thing with me when we were in Florence. Like, I, I love gelato. I love ice cream, right? And anyone who listens probably knows I love ice cream. I love gelato. And what we did when we were in Florence and I told Heather I was going to do this, I said, listen, I want to eat gelato. Like, we so much that we went on my own gelato walking tour where we went to like six places. But what I did over those like two weeks we were in Florence, I said, listen, anytime I want gelato, I'm going to let myself go get gelato, but I have to get the smallest one and then I eat it. And so, like, it was funny because y- Four years ago, I just would have went and got oh six scoops for only six bucks. It's such a better value. I just <laughs> eaten it all and felt like literally probably laid in bed for the whole night and the next day because I was so sick. But here, I was like, all right, just go and get the smallest one, and then you go and you get it and you eat it. And so I think I probably ate gelato fourteen out of fourteen days. Now mm-hmm. you know. Would I do that if I lived there? Probably uh, Maybe. But probably, hopefully not. Um, But it was. It was this mindset of like, all right, I'm going to let myself do it, but I'm going to put some sort of stipulation on it and I'm going to enjoy it. And I know we're going to do a gelato walkie tour one of these days, so then I'm going to eat a lot of gelato. But that was once so we tried them all out. And yeah, so I think there's, just speaking about gelato, there's ways to handle it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then that brings that, taking that like emotion out of it too, which was like- yeah, okay, I'm going to allow myself to enjoy it and not have this like weird emotional attachment and then beat myself up about it all day. And usually if you take that out of it and you're able to work through that, you're going to find a lot less draw to it. And even if you do decide to have it every day, like you can be rational about like, okay, well, you know, like I'll make a little makeup for it a little bit. And that's not like the negative, like, oh, well, I ate this so I'm starving myself. It's just being kind of smart about it. Um, And then you don't need to eat as much in one sitting because you're giving yourself permission to enjoy it and it's just like all right well that was enough that was great and yeah so that's what we did we ate a lot of gelato too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mike do you love gelato as much as me and Susie or no or are you just kind of on the fence
2: no, no I mean ice cream is probably like my most favorite dessert but yeah I, I don't not as much probably <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did really like the uh, like there'd be times where we would actually both go and like I wouldn't get any and but it's like, I know I'd rather have a beer a lot of the times or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I really like the They, what was it? Like the, the yogurt, like something gr- type Greek of Greek yogurt, like, yeah, raspberry one. It was amazing. They have really it pretty good. much
0: like at every place. So it was if really anybody good. travels in there's a lot. Yeah,
2: that. we got that yeah. split a lot. Oh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. Split's a uh, great city. That's we so. could talk. Well, talking about certain places, a question I have for you guys. Was there a certain place or places that you found that were easier or harder to maintain your fitness. I know we're saying like, hey, you know, you set up a routine, you should be able to do it anywhere, but we're all human. Like, were there places where you're like, I just find it much easier to eat healthy, to find good stuff. I'm more motivated to exercise. And then other places where are like, oh man, I, it just didn't roll as easy for me.
0: Yeah, Chiang Mai, so Thailand, we got into a really good routine because we were there for a longer period of time. So we got a gym membership. So that was super helpful to have like got this full-on so if you ever go to Thailand and you're looking for a gym, Go Gym is really inexpensive. And it's also just like this super it's
2: it's pretty like, old school. Though. It's old school like grunge,
0: but if you're it's into like that to get dirty like and some
2: weights, then it's fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it, it was our style gym because we like to like it's, like, you would expect, like, the Asian Arnold Schwarzenegger to be working out there. Um, but it's awesome. It's It's got, like, anything you could need there. Um, so we did that. So I think Thailand was the easiest because there's tons of fresh veggies. Yeah. We had a kitchen. There's really healthy food restaurants to go to. Um, and Thailand, say, yeah. Bali was the hardest. I would say
2: Bali was the hardest. Really? Um for a couple of reasons, one is that we were more sporadic traveling, so we we're like on the go more frequently, and a lot of restaurant eating. And yeah, that was hard, You know, very very small vegetable servings, uh, very small protein servings. <laughs> uh, my, my two favorite things in a meal, and like I was hungry all the You'd time. You'd have to order like three I was meals. Def- <laughs> definitely lacking a, a lot of nutrients. Uh, yeah, to order egg, extra meals sometimes, and um, working out. You know, we just we pro- maybe like twice a week we worked out. Um, so that, I think that was the most difficult. Yeah.
1: And was that, was that at the beginning of your trip as well?
2: Yeah, but I don't think that had, that, that didn't play a part it. into
1: it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I found Thailand too. There's just, it's so fresh and like, mm-hmm. not everything's awesome for you, but the fact that you can get anything almost at any time, I mean, if you're in a city, Chiang Mai, Bangkok, anything like that, and there are so many good options and so many fresh vegetables, it's, it's mm-hmm. a, and, and you're outside so much. I mean, it's such an outdoor culture right I mean there's so much to do and um fact that it's cheap doesn't hurt too because you can eat whatever you want. You can order, like, if Mike wants three uh, meals, yeah. you can order three meals and it's like four fifty, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, I'll just get that six meals a lot. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: right. He would have his like pre dinner from the little. I had to put on all <laughs> the weight I
2: lost in Bali, <laughs> all the muscle mass I lost.
1: That's, oh, That's awesome. Well, before we go, I want to ask you guys if you have one travel mishap because what happens is a lot of people think, oh, yeah, veteran travels, they've been around the world, they, you know, they must be so good at traveling. And what I found is that the more you travel, the more mishaps you have, you have more opportunity, but you also kind of just get more lax about it. And then something happens and you're like, yeah, probably shouldn't have happened. I should have been more aware of that. Was there something that has happened to you too um, that you would say, yeah, this is probably our number one travel mishap?
0: Oh, yeah. It's a
2: travel mishap, but it's also not 100% under our control. Okay, good. uh, That's fine. (laughs) And uh, that was me getting my appendix out in Portugal. (laughs) All right.
0: Do tell. Almost didn't happen. If If I hadn't been there, it would have been a much worse mishap because men are very difficult to coerce into going to the hospital. (laughs) Um, So it got dragged out a lot longer than it needed to be. Sweat it out. Yeah.
1: yeah, Sweat Uh, it out uh, in your grave is what would have happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he was, he was, uh, he was hurting for a couple of days and something
2: that went back to when I was like still in college and was not nice to my body. I would have like these uh, little, like, I guess there was some type of like appendicitis thing, but now, um, it acted up. You know, it, it had been a number of years, but uh, something must have happened or got triggered and tweaked.
0: Yeah. So he started out with the typical kind of lower right quadrant pain. And we thought oh, it's just like a bout of whatever that crap is that used to happen. Uh, to like, you. Oh my God, that
2: hasn't happened in so long.
0: Yeah. And so we're just kind of like waiting it out. Usually it goes away in 24 hours, like three days goes by and he's still like like, he he literally went to bed without even, like, saying a word to me. And that's, like, so weird and unlike him. Like, we're in this tiny apartment. Like, you can't say goodnight or whatever. Like, so I knew something was up. And I was like, this just is lasting way too long. He'd had this big fever. So finally I was like, we need to go to the hospital. I'd been saying for, like, two days, like, okay, like, if it keeps going, we're going to go. And he's like, oh, it'll be fine. Uh. And so we go and they say, yep, it's appendicitis. You need to get your appendix out. And then he didn't want to spend the night in the hospital. So we went home and they were like, you have to come back. You have to. I mean, the hospital was like pretty gross and dirty. So I didn't blame him. But the next morning we go and he ends up finally getting his appendix out. I was about to
2: sign uh a... a, oh, he was—he wasn't gonna
0: get it too. Saying I
2: was refusing treatment. Oh, so uh, it
0: was yeah. So and then it turned out that it had burst and it was like gangrenous yeah, and so disgusting. I,
2: I, well, so many hours later, like twelve hours later, when they finally they like, brought me in for surgery. Yeah, they cut me open with like a tomahawk or something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he's, he's got a pretty <laughs> gnarly scar from
2: it And then fun. yeah, it was just like bedridden for. You know, I was in the hospital a couple days after that, and then you know, kind of. Took a couple of weeks to recover, and this is yeah. all in Portugal. Is all, all, yeah. like, uh, we were taking Portuguese lessons, you know, so I was like, Speak a little bit of like Portuguese um, in the hospital, but yeah, we had to get we had, like this surgery in a completely different foreign country, foreign like hospital. Was, yeah, and, it, you and know, public healthcare are like super dirty, grimy hospitals too. It, it was, was a-
0: free though, so if you ever need to get your appendix out, <laughs> plan to be in Portugal.
2: Yeah, uh, if your
1: appendix bursts, don't get on the plane and then go. But if you think it might, head there first. So wait, right? Just get
0: it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was quite an ordeal, and then of course perfect timing the day that day after he got his surgery was a day we were supposed to be moving to a different apartment and so he's like in the hospital so I'm running back to the different hospitals and then I'm packing up all our stuff and moving it and then getting into the new apartment and it was quite the ordeal but we're here now and everybody's healthy and happy so
1: and, and you probably lost a little bit of weight with getting your appendix out man right like I don't know how much it weighs but there you go um yeah
0: like <laughs> how many like other
1: ants. organs they took out while they were in there yeah oh man well that's crazy having a uh i i think it's kind of a rite of passage not maybe one that anyone like wants to do consciously but um having a an er or a hospital story in another country you kind of like all right now i get what you know if you travel long enough it's gonna happen probably it's happened to us it's happened to you all um so yeah there you go well Portugal. <laughs> Portuguese hospital. There you go. Now you know what it's like if anyone asks you what's on the inside um of a Portuguese hospital. That's that's pretty funny. Glad you're okay, Mike. What I want to uh <laughs> ask you guys, the last question here is what's in the pipeline? I know you have the site, you have the show. What other things are you guys working towards?
0: Alright, so yeah, so we are you know, we typically do a lot of very um, kind of exclusive one-on-one coaching. That's what we prefer to do because we really like to build that relationship with people. Um, but we are actually just today decided that we'd like to kind of coordinate some sort of a workshop or a seminar or something in the Boston area. It's not there. You don't hear about events happening that much in the Boston area about building a healthy business and sort of bringing health and business together into one realm and having some um, serious kind of workshop and actionable uh, things to implement in one short one day. Just try to get some people who can talk on both you know, having a healthy business as far as business goes, and also as far as your physical health goes, and how the two come together to really create this awesome um, lifestyle of being an entrepreneur and um, enjoying your life. So that's something in the pipeline, zero details to give. But if somebody wants to listen over that, we literally just like had a call with um, one of our mentors today and decided that that's something that's going to happen. So keep your ears peeled for that.
1: That's what the pipeline is for. It's ideas, yeah. and eventually they'll come to fruition. That's awesome, guys. And uh, I just want to thank both of you so much for joining us today for sharing all all the advice. But not just like inspiring through words, because people are listening, like, "Oh, that's great." You know, they tell us all this stuff, but actually, you know, through your actions, day to day, you're out there living it, you're doing it, you're traveling, you're staying healthy, you're allowing yourself to eat gelato when you want to eat gelato. <laughs> and I just think that's really cool. And I think that people it can gain a lot from seeing. You do it. Um, so just remind people one more time how they can come find more, about, uh, more about you and how they can come connect with you, where they can see your day to day stuff. Cause I know you do a lot with Facebook. Cause I'm friends with you guys. You always have videos coming up. It kind of makes me feel bad cause you're always doing so <laughs> much. Um, yeah. What's the best way for them to connect with you?
0: Yeah. So like you said, we uh, love connecting with people personally on Facebook. Uh, both of us, just our personal Facebooks, just friend request us, Mike Marshhausen, Susie Marshhausen. I'm sure that Travis will put that
1: put in, in the, the show how notes. I
0: spell it, um, And Mike and Susie, Mike ampersand Susie, S-U-Z-I-E. Um, people tend to think it's S-U-S-I-E or whatever, but it's with a Z. Um, that's just our Facebook page. We put a lot of content out on that. If you just want to see What's going on? Here's some inspiration, get some ideas, whatever you want to do. And then obviously the Mike and Susie Show podcast. So if you're into podcasts, which you must be if you're listening to this, then go listen to the Mike and Susie Show. Uh, we have some really killer guests, Travis and Heather were guests. So go listen to that episode. And uh, yeah, just pretty much anywhere, reach out to us. We're super friendly and love to chat. So yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, I want to remind everyone, if you are going to be traveling around the world, whether it's a long uh, trip, short trip, head on over to com. That's sponsored for today's show. You can use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. I'll get you 10% off your entire order. Mike and Susie, really appreciate it. It was awesome. Thanks for joining me today. It was nice to be able to flip it around and interview you since I was on your show. Heather and I were on your show a little while back now. So, uh, Thanks for joining me, and uh glad that you're back stateside and I could catch you before you leave again.
0: Yeah, yeah. thanks for having it's us. A-
2: a pleasure to be here, and just real quick, kind of like what you were talking about before. before. Yeah, we're all just normal people doing this. Like I used to listen to Travis's show before I done like turned into a travel lifestyle or anything like that. Um So I, you know, I was just probably like anyone is listening to this, and then you know, so you can do it too. <laughs> it is
1: very true, and I just want to say, uh, echo Mike's point. If you guys are listening and you are saying, "Oh, I'm not healthy," or "I want to do this," or "I'm not traveling enough," whatever it is that we talk about today, that's kind of striking a chord. You can do it. You have to start. It's not always going to be the easiest thing in the world, but it's going to be well worth it. As we all know, all three of us who are here on this call know it's well worth it. And it's a lifestyle that just every day I wake up and I think I'm really lucky that I get to do this. So thank you guys for tuning in today. Thanks for the continued support as always for making us an M1 Ray Travel Podcast on iTunes. And until next time, happy free travels.
2: I'll
0: show you very soon.